0: I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. flagship podcast of the dynasty sports empire podcast network we bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with shall we say a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking on the show today episode 97 recording august 16th 2023 Uh, the johnny menzel documentary on netflix gives us a backstory on johnny football's roller coaster football career we'll talk about it today Lots of people are talking about it, including a guy uh, on my vacation walking his dog on the phone talking about it extremely loud as we were walking around. Hard Knocks is back with the Jets and the Aaron Rodgers Circus. Two running backs find homes in James Cook to the Jets and Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots. And should we talk about James Harden? I guess we should. All right, let's get right into it. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. And alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who's watched 0.00 hours of tape on his iPad, Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's maybe uh shocking but not, shouldn't have been so shocking revelation from that Johnny Manziel documentary. Um, the, the fact that it was 0.0, like not even... Not even five minutes not even I'm gonna put that on and like
0: do something else <laughs> yeah not not even in its attempt to pretend to do it like you know his agent was like he must have watched something and he just he just did, didn't didn't even turn it on never yeah like, he, nope nope not not anything a, a shocking uh you know I, I don't think it was that shocking of a revelation but it's a funny kind of gag and pull quote from that um we obviously both watched it I watched it after I heard that guy on his dog walk talk about it and you were talking about it to be in text message and I felt like I had to see it. So I watched it on vacation, but I think the, the top two takeaways for me of the documentary was one, I never liked him as a player when I was watching him. Um, but I think this documentary showed, he uh, was a, a very flawed person, admittedly, he admits himself that he's flawed, and I think I had some compassion for both him and his his, his family, who uh, you know were were having trouble getting through to him and, and helping him. And also something we knew already is the NCAA and the college colleges are exploiting these players for mm. for everything they're worth, um, as they basically built a new stadium, Texas A&M, uh, with Johnny Manziel uh donations at this point right
1: yeah I think what strikes me on that is like it's just a a clear reminder that even even when these guys get into um into the NFL or any you know professional league for that matter is that they're still young um just barely older than kids like they're they're you know, he, he's probably by all well, I, I don't know, like he's he's practically an adolescent. Uh you know, he's nineteen right. years old. Um and yeah, it's just gonna like act like people act when they're nineteen. And it and it it made me think a few things. Made me think one, like what we do, we as like a sports community and society to these college athletes and young athletes where we um you know people bet on them they uh they make yeah vast size donations based on their performance uh they you have grown adults that are like you know sort of living on the edge of a performance of like a 19 year old kid um and that's just a lot of pressure for those guys um and then two, like, just the ones that do end up, like, you know, as I'm watching, like, Hard Knocks, which we'll talk about later, and, like, watching, you know, Garrett Wilson, for example, like, um, got he's got to have, like, just the right people around him to be so, like, professional and, like, because he's not that much older than Johnny Manziel, you know. I'm I'm just picking him out because he's sure. been on TV. Yeah. Um. I so like I guess it's just having the right people around you that you, that the player can trust and can help usher them through what has got to be an absolutely chaotic period. Um, and just how laser focused some of these guys have to be on not really being, you know, being able to be a Nineteen-year-old kid and make the same, you know, sort of silly mistakes that most people make when they're that age. That they're not afforded that luxury, and and uh, you know, for some people, it's it's just becomes too much. And you know, yeah, I, I agree. I sort of really felt for everybody involved when you heard the stories of the family saying they tried to talk to him and he just was not not going to hear any of it. Um, so. Yeah, it really, it really did bring up a lot of different things, um, and I, I guess those, those being like just how young these kids actually are, uh, is n- now that you know we're over forty and we're looking back right, at we're it, we're like, old it, now. It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's these, these whippersnappers. Yeah, yeah. it's a, you know, it's 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 pretty. It's just got It's got to feel like a lot.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things that he said was once he got to the NFL, he was like, I, all my dreams had come true. Right. Like he was drafted. He was like going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And he was like, I was miserable. Right. Yeah. Everything that he was working toward. I mean, you know, obviously he had, he had, you know, a personal life, a vibrant personal life, I guess we'll say, but like he was, Playing football, everybody probably plays football, imagining themselves in the NFL. And he was drafted in the first round, starting quarterback for the like, basically the franchise, you know, um, savior of this downtrodden Browns franchise. And he was like completely miserable. Like he hated it. That's got to
1: add even more pressure to it, right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that not only were you drafted in the first round and, you know, had all these high expectations, but to a team like, and, you know, I, I guess it made me think a little bit about like Zach Wilson in that, like yep. the amount of pressure that has to be on like a team that has been historically like quarterback starved um, only adds to the amount of pressure that, again, like we were in college doing like, you know, uh, uh, firing um, Roman candles at each other. When we were, like, <laughs>
0: <right>? like, <laughs> uh <laughs> And we're past the statute of limitations on that
1: one. Yeah. So I I think like it's just remember that and and like right. we're expecting somebody to come in and and like save an entire professional sports franchise. It's just a ton of pressure and like I don't know that I don't remember if he used the term self sabotage, but it certainly seemed like that's what he was sort of actively doing.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, as soon as he would get close, like he got close to the combine, and he was doing you know staying on his program and you know, he had just done rehab or whatever. And then like, you know, a week before he fell off the wagon uh, or back on, on the wagon, off the wagon, whatever. Um, yeah. And they had to do some crazy maneuvers in the hotel room to like make sure that he passed the drug tests and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I think he, you know, I think later he said that he was uh, diagnosed bipolar. So, you know, he had some yeah. of his own personal struggles that contributed to that. And I think, what I was thinking from the like pull quotes and and stuff before was I was thinking this is going to be kind of like a I don't know the documentary is going to be more kind of like all of these shocking things that happened and it ended up being more like kind of sad almost um, a story of somebody who just like like literally a roller coaster ride where he went up a million miles an hour straight up in in you know, that first season basically at Texas A&M stayed up at the top for not that long. Cause their next season, they kind of weren't great. And then got drafted up again and then straight down. Right. Yeah. After that. So it was like, and then it was done. Like his whole story was probably done inside of, I don't know, five years. Right. Like, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So probably three years, three or four yeah. years, three or four years. Like he was two years. He was out of the league. I think at that point he had that first bad year and then he had a, You know, he had the, you know, off the field stuff where they just released him. And I think in the middle of that second year, so all of that stuff was just, it was just over. Like I just, it was so, so such a, like a phenomenon. And it was like, just over. Like it was just yeah remarkable, I think, story to kind of remember that time and also just see his side of it. And I think I had compassion for him after, after seeing it. And I think, um just understanding what was going on um from his side of of things during this like time where we saw so much about him yeah i think
1: so i think um just the documentary might have like not fudged but like made like condensed the timeline a little bit because i did remember looking it up that um he got released at the end of that that um 2015 see like the the season had ended and made the okay. documentary made it seem like they did it like the week he missed that game because he was right. in vegas um which was the last game of the um uh i believe that was the last game of the year that year um but still yeah like yeah point point the damage had been done at that point and like what a what an amazing i don't mean that like in a like Like, it's literally, like, it's unfathomable, like, amazing in that way that, like, that's the story. Like, I flew to Vegas, and I was like, ah, you know what? Uh, I can't get a flight back, so I'm just going to very publicly party.
0: Right. And, and, like, miss this game, you know? Yeah.
1: That, yeah. So, have you watched any of the other, um, those um, untold?
0: I haven't, Uh, but now they're pushing them to me, so I'll probably end up watching another one. I think there was one about the Balco. Yeah, I I just saw that one. Yeah.
1: as i was preparing for this podcast by streaming some netflix uh that that showed up um that one looks interesting there was the Manti teow okay um one which incidentally that he was on stage with johnny manzel yeah um for uh um for the heisman trophy that year um yeah, and then I think there's one about the uh, Malice in the Palace, I believe. Okay. Yep, I saw that one.
0: I, I saw the ad for that one, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's 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 been a few that they, they seem like they do a pretty decent job with with them.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it wasn't like... I don't think there was any gotcha moments where it's hard-hitting and they're trying to, you know, confront him. I think they probably let him get a Not get away, but like may there was probably some uh things that were left out purposefully that they did not push on um for example the the uh, alleged domestic violence issue they kind of uh yeah uh glossed over a little bit and i think there was interviews maybe they couldn't get or didn't get with people that could have given other sides of the story and i guess actually the one the one other thing that I, I found kind of tragic about that was the friend that was kind of like his manager all through college, managing his, uh, you know, uh, signings and, and stuff like that. Like when he went to the pros, it would basically like, they basically didn't talk again after that. Yeah. Like they were like, you're kind of a liability. So like, we right really have you around and even though you
1: it. acted as like the front man yeah, for like you know the fall guy for yeah. two years
0: uh man yeah, yeah and, and and he was like that was the last time i talked to him and it's like that that part to me was like super shocking because we'd been hearing from this guy all along and then he was just like yeah gone, remarkable all yeah right. so let, let's stay on our uh sports docuseries. Okay. Uh, 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 uh programs here and uh, let's talk about hard knocks your jets obviously are on hard knocks i've watched episode one you've watched episode two no spoilers um but no seriously you can talk about spoilers okay two. um and uh i'll give my impressions first i guess yeah and the one the i thought i enjoyed it i thought there was uh The overarching thing I always think about, and this is something I always think about with Hard Knocks, is like the observer's bias, right? Do do we get a real picture of who these people are because they're being filmed and they know they're being
1: filmed? Yeah. Is Aaron Rodgers like
0: always this, you know, jovial,
1: jokey guy? Like, or is this for part like, Reputation rehabilitation. Um, did uh, (laughs) I was telling somebody about the um, the mispronunciation of charcuterie. Um, and they were like, that's gotta be that's gotta be a joke, right? And I was like, it didn't seem
0: like it, It but that that one that one did not seem like a joke. What did what I I forget what he said? I is it. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little it's a little uh you know pg-13 probably yeah um I, I forget what it was so i'm not gonna say it but
1: yeah okay yeah it, it makes a return in in episode two okay okay <laughs> uh yeah. somebody makes a joke about it in the second episode so yeah um I mean, do yeah, you, all right
0: you, you tell me you tell well, me I, I have a question for you yeah
1: well you've only watched one episode so um based on that episode are you getting the same like yeah, I want to root for this team vibe that you usually get when um uh when they're on hard knocks.
0: I am. I think so. Um, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is is the main character, so him I think I know well enough that it is does not changing my impression of him a little as much. But I think Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and actually Robert Sala I like a lot. He seems like um, a generally kind of like nice guy. Like he's just like walking up in, on the sideline, like "Yes, we did so good there." Like you know, or something you know, like I think um, those three, I definitely, in at least certainly in the first episode, come away with like kind of like a good feeling about them and liking them personally. I think they, uh, you know, I, I like them already as players, but I think. So, I was probably already reading for this guy. So, maybe that's my bias as well. But, um, I, I, I'm waiting, I guess, for the, the underdogs to come in, the, the cut line guys. So, that, that usually is. A yeah. Few episodes in.
1: So, I feel like something that on that front, like, you know, they're, they, they do, um, they do talk about, um, or briefly introduce. Um, I actually don't, even, I gotta look up his first name. Um, last name is Brownlee. Um, Jason Brownlee, who is a UDFA wide receiver that seems to be on the bubble, but like, uh, you know, there's storylines that they've yet, even after episode two, to follow. Um, that I'm not like. You know, one the Dalvin Cook like has not made an appearance in the show despite being at the first practice. Um, Inevitably, that's going to be a hard thing. They they can't like avoid the like running back room drama. Like, is there going to be a man now? Are they going to carry how many? You know, guys are they going to carry, etc. They could. Look at uh, Makai Becton, who was a number one uh, or first round draft pick four years ago and has played, I think, one game in the last two years. Um, But they're you know, they haven't focused on those like position battles, not really even into the second or or like they drafted a young center that is splitting reps with a veteran. You know, like there are a number of. of uh, position battles that they're not really focusing on. And I wonder if that's so like the second of the spoiler I'll give you for that is that one's largely about um, Quinn and Williams for the most part.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And I'd say if I had to like Quinn and Williams and the offensive line as a whole. Um, But those are just like stories, like out of camp that like, because I follow the jets, like I know about those, like, and I, I what i'm i the reason i asked that question before is because like i do think it is missing those like underdog stories like oh i really want to root for this team cuz i want to root for that guy yeah. um, and i wonder if that's because they're like not allowing them to show cuts or you know they the jets have sort of scaled back some of the traditional access that um, that uh, that they have so or that hard knocks has I don't know. It's I. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed Robert Sala. Uh, you know the. The um like eagle and crow story like you know gave gave the goosebumps and um, yeah. So it's it's really um, uh, it, it's resonated with me. But I've wondered is this a a show that the larger NFL community is getting excited about in the same way that we would get excited, like for the lions, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. And I think the one thing I, you know, you made a good point about them not, not allowing certain access. So I wonder if they were not doing certain storylines, like you said, um, because they knew in the future, they wouldn't be able to show whether this guy, you know, the actual meeting, obviously they could show everything else, but that actual meeting of the guy making the team or not. But the Jets are not short on storylines. As you said, we'll talk about Dalvin cook. Um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a big enough story for multiple episodes. Um, and they have the two rookies of the year as well. Um, plus, you know, they, they got gifted the Sean Payton drama as well. That got shown in the first episode, um, to talk about their offensive coordinator, uh, completely spacing on his name. Um, uh ha- hackett. Hackett, yeah. Um so I almost said Hackenberg, like Hackenberg, the uh Christian Hackenberg, the yeah, my goodness. Of Penn State. <laughs> um so I think it'll be interesting to see how it how it kind of goes out. Because if it's if it's just kind of focusing on, oh, you know, a few of these camp storylines and Aaron Rodgers and that's it, like I wonder if if it's kind of, like, it'll lose a luster a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, it's got to move on at some point. It did a little bit um, from, like, the Aaron Rodgers show. Like, the first episode was very much so all Aaron Rodgers, you know, the right. the montage of him throwing passes uh, to the Ed Sheeran song, you know, like... Right. Uh, that, that was great. But, yeah, at some point, um, you got to move on to some of the, like... Yeah, we. I think that's what's what's interesting about Hard Knocks is like learning about some of the players that we don't already know. Right. Um, they obviously had to address Aaron Rodgers. He is the storyline, if not of the entire NFL, certainly um, the New York Jets off season. So, um, I think that. Well, you know, yeah, it's got it's got a. It did move on a little bit, but he's still he's still sort of front and center, um, even when he's like teaching you know there, w- here's one thing i did I, I have liked. you know last week they like showed the quarterbacks practicing the no look pass this week yep. they, like focused on the they didn't really get into the mechanics of it but like how they are working on um their play fakes like and how aaron Rodgers is like teaching his like cadence to zach wilson um so like those are those are neat things as sort of a football like nerd, um, and I guess like through Aaron Rodgers, you're getting like Zach Wilson's development, which seems to be a, a storyline that they're they've decided to focus on for the first couple episodes. Um, but yeah, I I hope that in future weeks we get a little more of the um, unnamed. No, or like guys that aren't bigger names to uh, to the rest of the NFL crowd. And I'm watching one Jets drive, which is like the Jets' own version of this. And I've just found out recently that multiple teams have their own like version of hard knocks that uh, that they put out. And so, like, I that that show is focusing on some of the like more unheralded guys, which um, and and what they do to prepare, which has been kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, there must be how many cameras do they have at at camp, at camp for Hard Knocks for their own, you know, one jet's drive? Like you could, it's it's probably yeah. just like regular news can't like yeah, yeah. the NFL yeah. news can't yeah it's it's a so, crazy a social you know social media team. The one thing I uh you know a couple of interesting notes from that first episode that I watched is like number one, I found it so funny that like, um, McCole Hardman the wide receiver. He like early on in the thing, you can see him like go up to Aaron Rodgers and be like, "You're like my favorite player. I had I had your poster on my wall, and like yeah. he's like he's like, un, like uncomfortably close." And Aaron's like, "Uh huh, cool, man. Yeah, cool." And he's like, "I love you, man. Like you're my favorite. <laughs> like totally fanboying out, yeah." On Aaron Rodgers and making it totally kind of like a little bit weird. <laughs> I I thought that was really funny because he was just yeah. like. It felt like McCall Hardman was just like no shame, just like walking up to him, just being like, you know, trying to get his autograph only. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it it is sort of, didn't somebody do actually do that? Um, oh, no, it, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers that, or it wasn't another player. It was, um, uh, what's his name from Wu-Tang that was, uh, Method that was on, yeah, Method Man, who's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, you know, big Jets fan, uh, they, they swapped uh, um, uh, autographs,
0: which is funny. Yeah. And the the other thing that I found interesting, and you can tell me if, if you think this is true or not, but at least in the first episode, a lot of times, like, and I know you've you know, uh, encountered this as a teacher, when you're explaining something to a student, or somebody is learning something, and they go, okay, but you can tell that they're saying, okay, but they don't really understand. They don't know. It. Yeah. So when like Aaron Rodgers would, or, um, you know, one of the coaches would say something to Zach Wilson, he would go, okay. But I don't know if he really understood, you know, like he was just giving that kind of like generic. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. There was a couple of times where Aaron Rodgers was like demonstrating footwork technique and, um, and Zach Wilson was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it it's sort of like the nodding, like the, the, the head nodder, like, you know, that does that. I mean, we're, we're yeah. s- we we can see each other. You yeah. can see what I just did, but yeah. listeners can't, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, yeah, the person media. who like nods at you while you're talking, you're like, Oh, yeah. they're really listening, but are they like, yeah. Yeah. um, so I, I, I hope, I mean the, the results from, again, it's just, it's just preseason the results from what I've seen in hard knocks, one jet strive, and just like the results in the game is that Zach Wilson is way, way more comfortable. Like it's, it's silly, but like in that game against um, preseason game against the Panthers, he was making routine throws, which seems very like minimal to get excited about, but he was not making those throws at any point um, middle of the year, last year, like routine swing passes that like, just, yeah, look super comfortable and yeah, just threw the ball. So, you know, I, I do think there is, whether it's psychological or like part of the Aaron Rodgers, like who seems to very much in the hard knocks, like version of, of this team seems to be a glorified, like almost like a player coach. Right. Um, that that comes out a little bit more in this second episode where it's halftime and Robert Sala is talking to him and he goes you know, you think it's time for like a, for a speech, you know, like a win one for the gipper. And and like, he was joking, but Aaron Rodgers very seriously was like, actually, like, I really like it when just like people talk like at at halftime where like these guys talk over here and these guys talk over here and like, you know, so there is this, like almost this element that he's, because he hasn't played a snap in these preseason games. He's on the headset. right? He's talking to the, to one of the officials uh, in the second episode, like uh, lobbying for, for calls the way you would think a head coach would. So that's been an interesting thing that has come out of this season so far is that he is almost acting like he's a coach.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he, I think Robert Sala, you know, especially on the headset in the, in the hall of fame game, he was like, you know, getting advice and and talking like they were, they were talking amongst each, each other, like, like coaches would um, during the game, and and you know swapping ideas back and forth. So that that I did find, and, and I think you know we all kind of think like, oh, Hackett is there because this is Hackett runs the offense that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to run. So chicken and egg, whether it's actually Hackett offense or Aaron Rodgers
1: offense, or well, know. some inside baseball on that is that uh, I heard this in an interview the other day. Apparently, like. The Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, um, LeFleur offense, that, like, triangle, they created it during COVID. Like, they, yeah, he said this in an interview that I heard that, like, they couldn't meet, so they got on, like, computers, and they, like, created this whole language and system um, that that they are all super comfortable with because they, like, I don't know invented it whatever they created it um or just like the the lingo oh. or the right the language right. that's a part of it terminology um so like it definitely definitely helps that those two dudes are on the same page in the in the very sense that they have actually like yeah invented the language that they're using
0: wow okay that's awesome um so anything else on, on hard knocks before we go? No, i um, yeah. looking for You know, it, it, it's got me
1: just like any other hard knock season does. Uh, and then some, so yeah, looking good. forward for the next one. Hopefully more storylines develop.
0: Yeah. All right. So one of the storylines that might develop is that the Jets signed uh, Dalvin Cook uh, in this last week. So he was cut from Minnesota. Um and and joins a crowded backfield in, uh, the Jets, uh, arena, yeah, Meadowlands, uh, former Meadowlands, uh, Forum Park, yeah, yeah, <laughs> where wherever yeah. they are, yeah, Jets, uh, one Jets drive, um, and I think the main takeaway for me here is that seems like they're probably going to take it easy with Brees Hall early in the season. I don't know if it. You know, it's a running back, so as we've talked about, maybe it doesn't have a huge impact on the overall wins and losses, um, but it certainly has a fancy football impact if you, you know, have or had Dalvin Cook, or or you have or had uh, um, Brees Hall, uh, yeah, or, or any of the other running or Michael backs. Carter, or Michael Carter, or Ibacana, Ibacana. Um, so, I mean, what's your what's your thought on that? It seems like maybe Dalvin Cook would be like eighty percent in week one and like zero percent by week seventeen as far as running back share there goes yeah I don't I don't know. I don't
1: I, I, I don't know what so they they're obviously well let's let's break down that route. So they're obviously keeping Brees Hall. They drafted like high draft capital second round last year. Yep. Um, and they're obviously gonna keep um, is it Aben Kanda? Is that how you say his last yeah. name?
0: I butchered it twice already. I'll, I'll take that one. That's closest. Um, Abin Abinakanda Aben, Aben, Aben? Aben, Akanda. Aben Akanda.
1: Okay. Um, and, and I might be yeah, it might be it might have different um, might be not, still pronouncing pronouncing. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he was drafted this past draft, so he's staying. Yep. Now you have Dalvin Cook. That's three, and you have two more. Um, Michael Carter, this regime did draft, but he's in his third year. Is he gone? They had uh, Zonovan Knight that that was on the practice squad. So like very crowded room. Uh, I'm sure they'll keep four, but what happens to the right to the fifth one is is the big question. Um, I don't know. I I don't think that the move was necessary, but. I guess it's what Aaron Rodgers wanted
0: it sounds like. Um, right, that was my next question like do you think Aaron Rodgers was like, you know, we need a veteran back or more, you know, more help in the backfield. I
1: don't yeah, I it sounded like him and Dalvin Cook had, you know, whether it, you know was like a post-game thing at some point or like yeah, it'd probably be cool if we played together someday. Like right. one of those like athlete conversations that they sometimes have. Um, and yeah, the stars sort of aligned on it. I, I didn't, I, I didn't remember that the jets did like engage in some trade talks with the, with the Vikings earlier in the off season before he was released. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. If it's, if it's more than Ezekiel Elliott or less than, I I don't know. Um, if, uh, if, I, I just didn't think that this was the the move that you had to make. But it is starting to like resemble the um Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the last couple of years. Like right. well, we'll they, add, they uh, grabbed
0: Fournette yeah. like, after he was cut. Yeah.
1: So add the rookie quarterback. Um, have you, you already have some talented wide receivers, you bring in another one. Uh, you know, cause they brought in Antonio Brown then they bring in, you know, Alan Lazard. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's starting to get that feel for sure. I, I just didn't you No, know, I, I, I like Michael Carter. I think he's a very good back. Um, so I, I'm not sure that this was
0: super needed. Right. And as I, as I texted to you, like my son is like super flabbergasted by this. He was like, Michael Carter, like nobody ever gives Michael Carter a chance. Like he, he could be really good. Like he's he's flabbergasted by this. He feels like uh, Ipekina and Michael Carter can handle it, but I guess Aaron Rodgers maybe didn't think so, um, or maybe just sight unseen he wanted to play with Dalvin Cook. Either of those yeah, things
1: are possible. I mean, they've competed against each other for, uh, you know, that's however short, long. That's twice, twice, a year. twice a year. So yep. they've probably developed some kind of a relationship. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's talk about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Also in the AFC East to the Patriots. Uh, kind of putting a bit of a damper on my Ramondre Stevenson shares. Um, in fantasy, fantasy football wise. But uh, win-loss wise... I don't know how this helps them. Their offense seems kind of not great. (laughs) Yeah. uh, They, uh, you know,
1: I, well, Bill Belichick loves these like specialized backs, right? Like the LeGarrette blunt, uh, you know, kind of, kind of back that can come in and pound the ball into the end zone. Um, I, I do. Think that that team's success is going to have to be through running the football, um, if they're going to have success. Um, I mean, I I personally really like Ezekiel Elliott as a as a player. I I think he has more left in the tank than he um, than people think, and I think that could be maybe why he went. You know, why this is a good match because. Uh, the Patriots in the past, at least when what's his name was the McDaniel, McDaniels, McDaniel,
0: McDaniels. Yeah. McDaniels, Josh, Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. yes, yep.
1: Was the OC. They, they were pretty um, notorious for not having like a main back. Like they, they didn't right. really, you know, who's the last like Patriots running back that you can remember being like the,
0: you know, the, the, bell cow back right. that, you
1: know, yeah. played if three. You, now, if like, you
0: had a, if you had a Macula grid and uh Patriots and a thousand yard back, I don't know. Yeah. couldn't, I, I don't know who I would pick. Couldn't tell Curtis, you. Curtis Martin, maybe that,
1: that that's going that, back that's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So I think like, if that's the Belichick way, then I actually think Ezekiel Elliott's going to get a little more action than what people are sort of expecting, which is like third down, Um, third down back, uh, just like goal line situations. I think he's probably going to see a a little bit more action, which is what I think he wants because I think he thinks he can get at least another, maybe one more two-year contract, something like that.
0: Yeah. I think from a fan, you know, I'm thinking about this from a fantasy football perspective, but I think people saw Stevenson as basically the only back on there and we're kind of, maybe tricking ourselves. I'll say ourselves because I have him in, in several leagues of dynasty uh, variety thinking like, well, he's the only one left. So he's going to be the bell cow. Like, and as you said, Belichick has no history of doing bell cow of, back. Of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think something like this, whether it was cook or Zeke Elliott or Kareem hunt or any of the other guys that are out there was going to happen at some point to create, you know, the committee, uh, more like he prefers so I, I think i think you're right in that case and you know maybe if if people were smart they could have uh, bought uh, sold high on Stevenson and maybe maybe bought back low lower i do
1: think this yeah sort of hits into his fantasy production um especially if Elliot does turn into the guy that's going to get a lot of the looks. Um, when it comes down to uh, short yardage in the end zone
0: yeah, or in the red yeah. zone, yeah, those touchdowns are are going to be key, especially for an offense that is not going to score too many touchdowns. So the chances, you know, if there's a couple, you know, two chances at at the inside the red zone, and they both go to Elliott Stevenson's, uh, just yeah, kind of fall it, off a cliff there a little bit.
1: Sort of in a way, I thought he would be a better match if, if the Jets were going to sign a veteran running back. I almost thought that he, like that approach might've been a better match to complement Brees Hall, who isn't like the power back is more of like the speed right. back. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I I don't know, I guess, I guess, it's interesting to see this running back market finally start to like sift its right. way. And, and I
0: don't, I through. don't think that they did bad for money. It seems like both of them got like six million plus incentives or something. Dalvin like Cook, that. I think, is eight or yeah. it can be up to eight, and Ezekiel it can be up to six. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That's not. I don't know. I'm sure they were hoping for more, like twenty million dollar contracts and stuff like that. But I mean, for this late in the season to sign as a free agent, I don't think that they did. I don't think they did terribly. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk about, uh, okay. I guess we got to talk about James Harden. So you probably yeah, give not. it to me here. What did he okay. do? Okay. So I don't know if you remembered on the podcast, we talked about James Harden, uh, several years ago when he first forced his way out of Houston. I used yes. the metaphor. I use the metaphor. He's the guy that farted in the room and then was like, <laughs> why does it stink in here? And left. Right. Um, yeah. So, so he kind of like you know, stunk up the room and forced himself out of there to go to the Nets. And then the Nets, I, I guess I, I can't really consider uh, uh, hugely his fault. Kyrie Irving didn't get vaccinated, so couldn't play more than half of the games. And then Durant got hurt, and so he asked, to, then Harden asked to be traded, and he got traded to Philadelphia, of course, the team that I root for. Uh, and was pretty good, but had uh, in two years some pretty uh, notable no-shows in the playoffs. Um, famous, you know, didn't really work with the coach, so the 76ers fired their coach. And so let me, let me go back to last year. Harden had one year left on his deal. He signed uh, what it appeared to be at the time a below market, uh, one year contract plus a one, a player option. Okay, and that gave the Sixers more room under their cap to sign a couple of players that Harden liked. So they kind of it turned out to be kind of like a package deal a little bit, you know, kind of how you see in the NBA. So I think most people assumed the assumption was. Hey, the, you know, just give us this under, you know, we'll give you this under market deal, but you know, next year we'll give you something more. And then next year (laughs) comes along and well, let's, let's back up a little bit. And I'm telling this in terrible order, but during this season on Christmas, they harden somebody from Harden's camp links that, Hey, we really love Houston. We might go back to Houston middle of the season. You know, nobody, nobody asked that question. They just leaked it later on. They leaked it again. And later, you know, they leaked it, you know, every which way from Sunday that he was going back to Houston. And so Philadelphia was like, okay, I guess he's not going to come back. Houston, it seems like hired a new coach who didn't want Harden and they signed somebody else instead, Fred Van Vleet And so Harden was like, Hey, remember that deal? We were talking about that hush hush, wink wink uh, deal that we were talking about last year. I'm ready for that now. And it's kind of and Philly's kind of like, well, no, because you spent all 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 year talking about how you were going to go to Houston uh, and then play terribly in the playoffs in Game Six and Game Seven, basically no-showed. Uh, no showed. No. And so then James Harden opts into his contract Yeah, and says, I'm going to opt in, but you have to trade me. And I only want to go to the Clippers. So he wants to opt into a contract and also pick his destination. Command a trade fr- once... Once to, in that contract to one team to one team, but he could have very easily so simply not done that. And he would be a free agent and he could have picked his team. The problem is that he wants to have his cake, his $30 million contract yeah. and also eat it to go to the Clippers. Right. Yeah. Clippers couldn't give him 30 million. So anyway, uh, You know, being that it's a Philadelphia 76ers uh, offseason, it's unraveled. And James Harden hilariously was at a a kids uh, basketball camp in China. And somebody asked him a question and he was like, basically, Daryl Morey, the GM of the Sixers is a liar and I'll never play for his team. And he repeated it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just so those kids in China and whomever was (laughs) filming this. Uh, just coincidentally filming it, of course, uh, could capture his thoughts. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of like it's going to be really dumb, going to be even dumber. But I just find, you know, we're a pro player podcast, I think. But to me, this is like the preposterous end of it where he's like, I opted in and asked for a trade, but I'm not going to play unless I get what I want, so I, I think it, it it's the uh, the ridiculous far end of the player. Uh,
1: yeah, that one that one strikes, uh, hits a little different. I think, like, I don't know. The NBA is a weird place. Like, I I really don't understand the leverage and and how players are able to do these things. That like, it's it's just kind of. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it like logistically, but it, it's just strange how much that kind of stuff happens.
0: Right. And and there's actually a similar, a little bit similar situation going on in Portland in that Damian Lillard, who's been in Portland for many years and has now asked for a trade has said, I only want to go to Miami basically. And like, it's two guys that are like, like you, you can't, do that. Like <laughs> you can, you can like, I think the song and dance that they need to do is like, I'll go to anywhere and I'll play hard, but you know, have your preferred destination so that
1: right. They're trying to be free agents without really being a free yeah, agent.
0: Yeah. But, but bring their giant contracts with them. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, you know, I think the player movement stuff is like uh fun and interesting, but you know, the, the further it gets down it's like these two guys well Harden specifically but lesser lillard are kind of like not playing the game it's like okay i want to trade you know i want to win so trade me to a winner but seriously i want to go to the heat don't tell anybody and and say i'd love to go to the heat or the lakers or the yeah. no, you know you got to like you play the game and they're not playing the game anymore so i i think that that part is uh, kind of infuriating, and the, the hardened part is just um, you know it's a little bit tragic because he and Daryl Morey, the GM of the Sixers, have had like a you know a a friendship. I think um, you know Morey is the one who traded for him originally to get him to Houston uh, and turned him into an MVP candidate. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't I don't have a other than telling the story because it's so ridiculous. I really didn't have a lot to interact with you on and that i just felt like it it's been the story of the uh week i guess in, in certain circles and it, i just find it uh preposterous and just something that is is completely absurd another yeah word story i i feel like
1: the nba would you agree has the most drama of the four major sports leagues
0: absolutely it's okay. a huge amount of drama yeah And I think, you know, a lot of that is like the players, the stars are for multiple reasons, right? They're like, you're closer to the court. They're not wearing helmets or hats or anything like, and there's only five of them on the floor at a time. So like a star is such a huge, uh, draw, like, uh, for attendance wise and, and eyeballs wise, but also, you know, for on the court success as well. So those, the, the you know, I think somebody called it like a heliocentric, right? Like each team is so everything circles around the star, right? So um, their offenses can be heliocentric where everything Mm. revolves around what they're doing with the ball um, and the entire franchise as a whole revolves around. Yeah. So I think that can maybe go your head a little bit. And I think, you know, that, that changes, certainly changes the way, um people view uh these players as they as they view yeah in the so, league yeah yeah um and, and and I know some people like myself just live for the NBA drama I, lo- I actually quite like the drama but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, you know sometimes it's a little <laughs> it's a little too much um but you know it it always it always there's always something interesting around the corner um but so, from my perspective, I, I never liked watching Harden play. He's like a, you know, kind of like bounce the ball a million times and then either take a step back or whatever. Um, yeah. Kind of player, which I never found interest. I understand it's efficient, you know, searching for fouls and flopping and shooting step back threes. I, I think it's probably the most efficient offense that you can do. However, mm. it's not fun to watch so it's kind of like um a little bit like how baseball turned into strikeouts and home runs yeah whereas a a fun game to watch is doubles and steals and you know stuff like that whereas fun basketball is guys flying around and and doing you know different offensive um sets and stuff like that but you know the most efficient one is guy just dribbling the air out of the ball and then trying to get fouled on a three-pointer yeah hoisting
1: Um, hoisting a three yeah, yeah hoisting
0: a three and trying to get fouled so um, anyway, I don't like watching it. I think I can't wait for the Sixers to get rid of them. Um, so, cause I can't really watch him play anymore cause it's not, it's not exciting. Yeah. All right. That's enough rants for me. Let's do, um, let's do, let's do our little, uh, AFC NFC West preview here.
1: Let's do it. Yeah. What yep. do you want to start with? Uh,
0: let's start with the AFC West. AFC. So, um, We've got the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. If I look at the odds, the Chiefs are minus 165 odds-ish to win the division. Chargers, then Broncos, then Raiders. Um, obviously, Chiefs defending Super Bowl champs. Chargers uh, switch their offensive coordinator. Still, Chargers still seem like uh, the sum is less than the... The whole is less than the sum of their parts. Yes. Um, Lots of talent. Never really put it together. Um, The Broncos have a new coach and not a lot else. I think they're certainly bound for a a dead cat bounce a little bit, Um, but I don't know how far that's going to take them. And of course the Raiders are the Raiders. They are starting Garoppolo Um, and
1: New coach in McDaniel's,
0: yeah. Is McDaniel's is there? Right? He's yes. still there. He's yeah. still there. Yeah. First sh- year. Is it? Is no. Yeah. Is there a wow. Okay. All right. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I'm not a believer in McDaniel's. What's your What's your uh, What's your division?
1: Um. For? My My gut says this division finishes chalk. Um. Under or like a couple of I guess storylines uh, you mentioned. You know, the Chargers, will they be able to put it together um, eventually? Seems like super talented team. Quarterback got paid. Um, uh, strong, strong pass rushing. You know, they, they, they seem to have all the components you want. Um, just hasn't, hasn't really worked out. So with the change that they made, will they be able to put that together? I think that's one storyline. Um, I think uh, maybe un... Underreported storyline is the Chiefs without Eric Bien-Aimé. Um, Will yeah. that have any have any impact? Interesting, like stories coming out about Eric Bienemy, like the players and the uh, the football team or commanders being like, "Yeah, we don't really like this guy. He's kind of <laughs> mean to us." And
0: yeah, it's a little um, weird. It's a little weird.
1: <laughs> um, and and then like they go to the head coach, and the head coach is like, "Maybe you should talk to him about that." You know, like. It's just, you know, and,
0: and he talks to the press about that. He's like, Yeah, well, a bunch of guys are coming talking to me about how he's so mean to them. Obviously, this is AFC West preview, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tangentially related and it's just very weird. It's like, Why would you say that out loud? To yeah, people? like just deal right, with it.
1: <laughs> like, I know. Um, then will the Broncos bounce back? And then I think that's like what does Russell Wilson have left um, can can he you know I guess I don't know if it's like being knocked down a peg or like he almost viewed himself as like a de facto it seems like a de facto like um, front office guy like having an office in the building different place from all the play you know so like right. will will that, culture, I guess, is really the way, what I'm trying to say, uh, be any better, and will that lead to a bounce? And then, yeah, what do, I mean, what do the Broncos have? They lost their big uh, pass-catching tight end. Um, they have maybe a relatively uninterested Devontae Adams. Um, and a running back that's holding out. Did I get all that? Is that all right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then a uh, defense that was very bad last year and probably still continue to be bad. Right. So,
1: that, that, that seems to be destined for, and a, an a injury plagued quarterback. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that seems to be. If I if you're asking me how they're going to finish, I'd say chalk makes the most sense. Um, I could see Broncos Chargers flip if if all the stars align for um for the Broncos. I also wouldn't be super surprised if the Chiefs are the only team that make the playoffs out of this division.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think the Chargers. You know, I think the offense is the most interesting thing to me. Um change in coordinator to Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore. Um, yeah. From Dallas because they, you know, I picked them several times last year and watching them was really difficult because they made it so hard on themselves with so much talent and Eckler and Williams and Allen. I know they had some injuries in Herbert, obviously, um, that they really just, it was just like running in mud a little bit with like your Ferrari. Right. Ferrari drive through mud. Um, I'm wondering if that will open it up a little bit more. Um, And uh, their coach, Brandon Staley, Staley. has seemed like he was like kind of a, a, a risk taker in year one and took a step back and almost went all the way in the other direction and, and made some kind of absurd decisions about like playing people and played people in a meaningless game. And Mike Williams got hurt. Um, they blew a giant lead, a 27, nothing lead in the playoff game. So I don't know. It, it doesn't, the chargers are a hard team to, to wrap my brain around. There's a lot there to like, but it never, it, it never has Yeah. Worked.
1: They blew that lead to, um, Jaguars.
0: Yeah. Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Broncos I think will be better, but I think it, it'll probably be a you know, a dead cat bounce a little bit, like a fake uh you know, fake better. Like not really better, but like having an offense that scores like more than three points should get them some some wins. What I, I can't remember what it was last year, but we talked about like I think if their if their offense scored eighteen points. Yeah, I think it was
1: nineteen points.
0: Yeah, nineteen points every game, they would have been like like eleven and five or eleven and six or you know, like yeah, they had like an absurd number. Their defense is was good enough to play out there. So that the Broncos are very interesting to me because I think there's a lot of players that could play slightly better there and it make a big difference. And, right. Um, you know, what does Sean Payton bring there? Um the Raiders are just a hot mess. They're probably gonna be maybe the worst record. Probably the last winless team. I think they're 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 really in trouble.
1: Um, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what's your prediction on finishing?
0: Um, I think Chuck. I like the Chargers more than the Broncos. I still think that they're the Chargers are going to be on that cuspy. Um, but I like I, I like every team in the NFC North or AFC North better than I like the Chargers. You know, I I think. I don't know if technically you can get all four teams in <laughs> to the playoffs from one division, uh, but the AFC North is going to try, and I don't. I think the Chargers are probably going to be on the outside looking in. I think you in. can.
1: All four teams can technically, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Now that we now that there's seven. Now that there's seven. Yep. So you could have the division winner and three wild cards. Um, it's so, like a Tecmo
1: Super Bowl from our from our league and yeah, college. We well, all, we'd all <laughs> make up the list. <playoffs. laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think I don't think the Chargers make it make the playoffs. Would yeah, be very surprised to see um, them them do it. I just I, I would have even Pittsburgh. I like more than them. Yep. All right, let's go to the NFC West. Uh, we've got 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. The 49ers are one sixty five favorites. Seahawks next, about two plus two hundred. Uh, Rams uh, ten to one. Cardinals 27-1 to 1 here. Uh, 49ers yes. were in the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, Brock Purdy looks like fully healed from his injury there and should be the starting quarterback. The Seahawks kept Geno Smith. Um, I, they got Jackson Smith in Jigba. Yeah, first right? round. Seahawks mm-hmm. did. Uh, so that's a little another jolt to their offense. The sure. Rams. Uh, the Rams have Stafford, Cup, uh, and Donald, and that's about it. They may have the yeah. worst defense in the league. And the Cardinals uh, have a new coach, Jonathan Gannon, who I don't have any faith in. They don't have Kyler Murray, and they have a pretty, pretty weak, <laughs> pretty weak team. Talk about okay.
1: 0.0 uh, Yeah, you know, time and take.
0: Yeah. Speaking of uh, watching tape, Kyler Murray, uh, how much tape do you think he's watching while he is rehabbing that ACL? Probably not a whole
1: lot. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not, I'm not certain. All right, should've, so should have stuck know. with baseball. Um, yeah. <laughs> so storylines: um, 49ers quarterback situation. Brock Purdy, uh, they say, is going to start, but just like I don't know. so oddly feels like a bit of a circus just because there's, you know, the reports are that Trey Lance looks terrible. Sam Darnold is actually looking good. Um, You know, so what, what the order is is sort of an interesting storyline there. Um, Especially because, you know, they gave up a lot of draft capital to move up to, uh, to grab him. And then guys like Lamar, uh, yeah. uh, Lamar Chase went after, you know, so you, you had some impact players that it seems like that, that could be a pretty um, a pick they may reg- uh, regret at some point. Um, but also on the other side of the ball, Nick Bosa holding out unless he got a contract when I was out of cell service that I don't know about. Is he nope. still
0: okay. He so
1: he's still uh, holding out that. I think that's um, those are the storylines there. Um, does Geno Smith, can he repeat? Was that like a one in, you know, a flash in the pan um, you know, he seems, seems like they got a lot of faith in him, um, you, you know, faith enough to like give him another weapon in the first round. And then, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I just don't, don't know what the Rams are going to be able to produce and is all their sort of wheeling and dealing that they did, uh, you know, giving up all the draft capital that they did is that. Now coming back to bite them because they yep. they really just haven't been able to build that roster.
0: Yeah, I, I think. And that's... then the
1: Cardinals are just yeah
0: they're just there. Yeah, the, the Cardinals are, the Cardinals I don't know the the storylines there might be around uh, the the new head coach and Kyler Murray coming back from the ACL. When does Kyler Murray come back from the ACL? Yeah. There um, does he just bag the whole season and and. Just wait till next year. Um, I think the interesting thing about the Cardinals for this year, storyline wise, might be they own Houston's first round pick and they have their own. So are they going how many are they going to have two top five picks? Are they going to have two top ten picks? Like how how much draft capital are they going to have in this upcoming draft with, with Houston's and their own? Um, could they could they be up up top number one, looking at maybe changing quarterbacks? Uh, but what that that would be that's that's <laughs> the storyline for the Cardinals is. Let's look ahead to the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: I don't know. And if what's the guy out of USC? They're gonna go from one Caleb um, Williams, yeah. One, I don't know. Everyone loves that. Like he's obviously super uber talented. I I just like. I, my my concerns about that college offense continue to exist, like right. translating to the NFL. Yep. yep. I'll lodge my my complaint early on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll get that one in. Go.
0: We'll get that one early. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time. Yeah, cut Talk that about, up,
1: you know, send yeah. it back to me if, it, if he turns out going, you know, to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I guess that tanking for... Caleb, whatever the, you know, the line is going to be. Right. Um, Maybe they end up with, you know, one and three and they grab him and like Marvin Harrison Jr. or something. Um,
0: Yeah, that would be huge for them. Um, We'll, we'll see. I think Houston might be, we'll get to them, but I think Houston might be a little bit better than maybe we think.
1: Yeah, I think, well, see what well we'll 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 save that for the yeah let's well, let's save it let's for, save for it for the we're uh, jumping, for, we're jumping right, around we're jumping conferences you, too much who do you uh, think wins this division 49ers i think everything settles down um i guess i i do kind of wonder if brock purdy was also like a flash in the pan if if he's got um if he's going to be able to replicate that um but I do I do see the 49ers. I think this is also chalk. 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. I I guess if Geno Smith is for real, uh, I could see the Seahawks perhaps uh winning winning this comp, or winning winning this division and either way I see 49ers and Seahawks. I think I'll I'll say both of them uh look playoff bound.
0: Yeah, especially in the NFC, I think. I'm going to say that the Seahawks win this division. Um, I think the things that you talked about give the 49ers a lot of downside risk. Brock Purdy, coming off an injury, Brock Purdy, is he going to be as, you know, play as well as he did last year? Joey Bosa, you talked about, you know, I think their offense is a lot, has Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, but... You know, Christian McCaffrey's had struggled with injuries in his past and Devo Samuel obviously uh, doesn't want to run the ball as much to save his body a little bit more so I think there's there's some downside risk with San Francisco I think obviously they have some built-in wins in their schedule uh, but I might I might I might I might go with Seattle here just to uh, add a, like a two to one number to take the division especially i mean especially geno smith he's another question about flash in the pan but i think they they're less questions about him than purdy in my mind what do you do you do you think
1: that why am i forgetting his name um Not Purdy, not uh, Trey Lance, not yeah. Um, you think he's really the like gonna be the three this year? Like, the or like, is he are they gonna they're gonna trade him? Are they
0: gonna or like try to trade him? Or like, what's gonna happen to him? I mean, I don't think the Hayes had any value to be traded to anyone. Um, I think if he were cut, I'm sure somebody would try to work in on the reclamation project, but I don't think two or three really matters. Um I mean, is he just like not going to dress? Like, well, I think they changed the rules now. San Francisco 49ers rule so that you know, oh right, the, the Brock Purdy rule, sure. <laughs> the Brady rule. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Josh Johnson rule. Um, so I-, I think you want a more if Brock Purdy goes down say in the middle of a game, you'd want the more stable person to come in, and that would be. Josh Darnold, Sam Darnold, Sam. Um, so I I think you'd probably be technically the number three quarterback. Um, but if Brock Purdy is maybe out for a significant time, I think it's possible that he could play instead of Darnold. But like from a game day perspective, I bet he would be the number three quarterback. Um, I just don't think, you know, like we talked about when he was drafted, like he just hasn't played. Um, and I sent you that Kurt Warner. Uh, QB Confidential thing. Uh, he does he does quarterback breakdowns on YouTube, and I find them yeah. super interesting. Plus, I also like Kurt Warner. Um, but he said a, an interesting thing on a podcast I was listening to, where he's like, quarterbacks need reps, like that's what they need to like get practice reading a defense at and you know at uh, even a you know he didn't have that many college reps even uh he had like one season since he was in high school when he was drafted so and then he got hurt in, in the you know NFL in his second or third start so he hasn't had reps and i think it might get to the point where he would have to be a Geno Smith situation go somewhere else and sit and get reps in practice or preseason yeah. what you know try to just get enough reps through the through the years uh and and try it again um, before that really turns into. I don't think there's a quarterback comp- competition or anything there at all. I think it's Brian right. Purdy, and Trey Lance seems like he's he's far far off the pace. Okay. All right, so that's that's the West. We'll talk about the other sets of divisions. We've got like three weeks before the yeah. season starts, so we have time to cover the rest of them uh anything you keeping your eye on uh this week Tim
1: um I wish I could say you know the push to playoff baseball um uh, but our team is not really doing that
0: um not, not the cardinals now
1: no um let's yeah have you been I haven't really watched a whole lot of baseball this season um
0: you know what? Honestly, I, I've been I've been turning on like uh, especially on vacation. I would just like <laughs> this this is like hashtag old man tweet. But I would like get the kids to bed. They had a recliner there. I would I would yeah. turn I would turn on the Phils game. I would sit in the recliner and just like relax for like an hour before before going to bed. So uh, been watching the Philz a little bit. They're an interesting uh, team. they in the hunt of it. So uh, no hitter, obviously. Last week from uh, from the guy they acquired at the trade deadline, so that was that was a super fun uh, yes uh, storyline. So I've been I've been watching them a little bit. Um, I put the Cardinals on the other day too while I was while I was reading. So I'll, I've been trying to throw throw something on sports wise in the evening. Um, it's usually a baseball game or two. All
1: right, well I'll give you something to turn on in the morning then. I okay, guess okay. Let's uh, do it. Why don't we? say that we'll be paying attention to spain versus england the women's world cup is set um so you can watch that sunday morning
0: i think it's 6 a.m okay yeah i mean the the usa women obviously played pretty not great during the their uh group set group uh stage and then uh, went out on penalty kicks. Yeah, brutal to Sweden in the, the round. Two of
1: opportunities to
0: to win it. Yeah, um, and 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 whiffed. Yeah, yeah, completely missed the goal. Uh, so though that is you know a tough ending for the team. The coach obviously just resigned. So you know round of sixteen for like the men is, is pretty like good. Uh, for the women, you know I think. They were the title favorites coming in and didn't play up to it, and a huge disappointment for the the USA team. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll see them again in four years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. A lot of the big names that we knew will probably now go on and retire, um, but they have some young players that are really good that maybe didn't get a chance as as those, those older players were still around. So we'll see what happens there. That that um, Women's World Cup USA squad is interesting in the offseason. But there are two teams that are still playing in the Women's World Cup at Spain and England. So keep your eyes glued to Spain versus England in the Women's World Cup uh, title match, title game. Keep your glued to Dynasty Sports <laughs> Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. There we go. Do you have um, been watching a lot of those on early in the morning? I, I
1: watched the, uh, the U.S. game, and then I, I haven't watched. Uh, I caught some today, um, but between that and being up in Maine, um, I, didn't really, I didn't really pay too, too much attention. Um, but yeah, that, that women's game, the uh, U.S. game was just brutal. I mean, way like the the the, the almost save uh, the the goal technology like oh yeah that, you know that, I, you know I, I don't even know how that stuff works but um it it seems like it's just like a, what a what a kick in the gut right
0: where she it bounced off the ball and she reached back to try to save it and it was the ball has to be all the way over the line the ball was all the way over the line with like, literally nothing else to spare. It's just heartbreaking to you know, heartbreak yeah. But, you know, I don't think that they played well enough to win, so, you know, penalty You know, you go to penalty kicks, like I don't think you can have any, any Yeah. So, uh, uh, random, almost. It's just like, it changes just on one little, you know, I saw a centimeter, millimeter.